Be alone. Travel alone. Watch a movie alone. Take yourself on dates alone. Sleep alone. Take time to understand and love who you really are. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining today, thank you. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. We open with a topic, and then we move into the discussion time if there are any live stream chats. And this show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Be alone, travel alone, watch a movie alone, take yourself on dates alone, sleep alone, take time to understand and love who you really are. I think I'm starting to see a theme on this one. If you're new to the show, the topic's actually selected by, or I shouldn't say selected, but it's actually based on the most popular post from the Facebook page the day before. Um, and, and, and this one I did not expect to do really well, and it did. It did really well. Actually, it's one of the most popular ones to to actually hit the page. Uh, and so I had to really sit down and think about it and because I wanted to make sure what I said had some value to it. And the interesting thing here about this quote is the obviously the emphasis on being alone, right? And I do often wonder how many of us stop to take the time to actually be alone. And I don't mean alone in the sense of sitting in a dark room by yourself, staring into the darkness, contemplating all of life. But uh, it is so much more difficult now to be alone than it ever has been historically. When I was growing up, there were severe limitations to travel and communication. I grew up at a time with dial-up internet. And we had landline phones. This always connected idea of being constantly connected with the people around you or even the world or random strangers was something that we had to walk into voluntarily. And it generally took a tremendous amount of effort. You know, if we wanted to go on the Internet, we had to sign up for it. Then we had to actually use dial-up Internet. And for those of you who grew up with that, that wasn't exactly the most glorious and fast-paced technology that ever existed and the best method of communications we had was with chat rooms you know we didn't have video chat and online video games and you know it was it was just very limited a byproduct of that was of, of the lack of connectivity growing up this is for your young ones out there the, the a positive byproduct of that was that you you spent a tremendous amount of time of loan and it wasn't necessarily by choice it was just part of existing isolation and not even self-isolation. I would just say generally separation was just a normal part of everyday life. It was pretty common to be in a situation where there was nothing to do and no one to talk to and you were bored. It was just it was part of the everyday routine. Fast forward only, what, 20 years that was probably, let's say 20, let's say 22 years, 20, 22 to 25. And now the prospect of being alone is so foreign 
to not only the youth of this generation, but to us as adults, that I don't even know if we know how to do it anymore or do it well. Because there's a, there's a negative possibility with this, this quote of being alone. And that is that you become self-absorbed. I think that there is a balance between self-love, self-care, and self-absorption. I think the last sentence in this quote that you all selected and liked emphasizes that. It says, take the time to understand and love who you really are. In other words, our isolation or our spending time voluntarily alone, the purpose of it is not to become self-absorbed. The purpose is to learn to love and understand ourselves better. That's why we stop to be alone. There was something that, for me, I didn't even appreciate fully till I got older. Because I was, like I said, I grew up pretty much connected to the internet since its invention. I was so fascinated in love with the idea of being able to connect with people digitally that I spent a tremendous amount of time alone and then spent it on the internet because I, I loved being home. I was a homebody person. I didn't like going out. I was not much of a partier. I never really liked to socialize with people at, at school. I had my tight-knit group of people, and it was maybe one to four people through the majority of my high school career. And for me, that was enough. That was enough social exposure. But there, there was a definite benefit in that isolation that I never really fully grasped until I got older. And it was mostly luck, I think, for me. Maybe, maybe it was luck, maybe it wasn't. I think I always kind of got a sense that my isolation was generally good for me because it, quote-unquote, kept me out of a lot of trouble. My peers were pretty commonly, when they all got into groups, they would all make poor decisions. And so, generally speaking, the smaller the group in high school, middle school, the better off I was. You know, because it's just like, in general... There were less opportunities for me to be to make mistakes. And um, I don't think I was fully aware of that when I was younger. But I, I, I did know that I got in a lot less trouble than everybody else. And I do in some ways have technology to thank for that. But now that technology is social, like this was before the invention of social media, but now that technology is social... It is far more difficult to be alone and to understand ourselves. And now, before I kind of spend some more time on that, I do want to discuss the importance of of what I think is completely lost on a lot of people. They think, in a lot of ways, living for others is the ultimate act of love, right? You know, if you're a Christian, you believe what Christ said, and he goes, treat others the way you want to be treated. Um. There's a boomerang to that, but I'll, I'll go into that later. But we believe that altruism is the ultimate act of of love, and that is to live only for other people. Let me actually make sure I define this properly. Altruism, definition, and obviously the internet definitions aren't always 100%. Here we go. The belief or practice of disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others. So this is obviously a good thing, right? Um, 
Altruism is also the principle and moral practice of concern for happiness of other human beings or other animals, resulting in a quality of life both material and spiritual. It is a traditional virtue in many cultures and a core aspect of various religion, religious and secular worldviews. So, this is something that can be brought to an unhealthy extreme, this living for others. And it also requires some perspective on the importance of loving yourself in order to love others well. Because the, the trap of altruism in general, like the extreme altruism, I'm not talking about the general practice of loving others. I think everybody should, of course, strive to do that well. But the, the, the trap is, is that the definition of altruism has synonyms of like selflessness, self-sacrifice, self-denial. But unlimited selflessness, self-sacrifice, and self-denial aren't good either. We need to find a balance between our, our loving ourselves and loving others. And so one of the reasons, if I do go back to that quote from Christ where he says to love others the way you want to be loved or treat others the way you want to be treated, is that there is an aspect of ourselves in which we want to be, we want to be treated in a way where others will respect the fact that we need to take care of ourselves. And then we should, in turn, respect the fact that they need to take care of themselves. And sometimes people need time. Arguably, people do need time alone to grow, to learn to love themselves. So the, um, the paradox of healthy living is that in order to be selfless, effectively, sometimes you need to be selfish. I don't like using words like selfish because I think it, it, it's the wrong connotation. I think in order for people to be effective humans, they need to be full. Like we need to have a healthy relationship with ourselves first. We need to love ourselves well first. And I don't mean in a prideful or arrogant way, but we need to take care of ourselves first so that we can take care of others. I genuinely believe that love of others is a byproduct or an over, overpouring of proper self-care. And, and it wasn't until I reached kind of the end of my own limit. And this mostly started to happen when I had kids and my schedule became extremely tight. And the first thing to go was that alone time. Generally, my self-care is the first thing that goes out the window. I don't know if it's true for you guys. And I am monitoring the live chat, by the way. But the first thing to go for me is self, self-care. And I may be able to sustain myself for a while without taking care of myself. But that glass slowly drains. Before I move into that further, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. 
That's right. For 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up right now. So I do want to emphasize this importance of self-love in order for, for us to pour over effectively into other people. And what does that look like? You know, maybe some of you are so accustomed at this point in your lives of living only for other people that you don't even know how to love yourselves well. Or or just it's so foreign to you conceptually to even begin to love yourself that you wouldn't even know where to start if you if you could. So what does this look like? Well, the first part of the quote we talked about today kind of at least gets a launching point. Be alone, travel alone, watch a movie alone, take yourself on dates alone, sleep alone. Obviously, if you're in a relationship or have kids, you can't just abandon them at this point of your life or stage of your life. You don't need to suddenly swing this pendulum to the opposite extreme and abandon everyone and everything and become a hermit in the woods. <laughs> that's not that's not that's not good either. But we can st- Start taking steps to spend more time with ourselves. And obviously, this starts with a line of communications with those who are currently dependent on us. Talk to our wives or our partners or our kids about taking a few minutes a day to start with. Or maybe scheduling in advance a week and in which you take an hour for yourself or two. Maybe you take two hours to go to a movie. Maybe there's a movie you've wanted to see and you haven't had an opportunity to. Maybe you can just go alone. Maybe just take yourself out to eat and have a dinner and just sit there and enjoy your meal. Obviously, there's more existential things we can do. We can journal. I'm a big fan of journaling. Sitting down and actually spending time writing out your thoughts. Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be tomorrow? Where do you want to be in a minute? Spending time in that quiet self-reflection. Write about the things you're good at. Write about the things you're bad at. What do you love about yourself? Take the time to love and understand who you really are. Why do we do this? Why do it? Because, like I said in previous episodes, we are social creatures. Life is complicated. It's hard. It's difficult. Those closest to us see our unhappiness. We see if we don't love ourselves. We see if we, they see if we don't take care of ourselves. And especially with kids, they act out however we see ourselves. The most loving thing we can do for those around us is to try to become the best version of ourselves we can. And we cannot do that without taking care of ourselves and loving and learning to love and understand ourselves. We just can't do it. And so we can force it. But for those closest to us, it's, it's, they're going to, they know, 
People aren't dumb. They're pretty intu- intuitive. And they will absorb your attitude. So if if we really love them and we want what's best for them, the best thing we can do is love ourselves and understand ourselves and be the best version of ourselves for them. To kind of lead from the front, to show them what loving ourselves well looks like in a non-self-absorbed, selfish kind of way. And I think that's going to look different for everybody. You know, the, the way we spend time with ourselves. I don't know what your version of self-love is. But I do know that as that cup fills up, especially if it fills up significantly, you will finally have enough in the tank to start pouring into other people and filling them up, or at least helping. I have met and been the person who's so utterly drained that there's barely fumes left in the tank. It's not a fun place to be. And if you're, especially if you have kids and you're a single parent, that makes it particularly difficult because there's this idea of having any time, even five to 10 minutes. <laughs> Ask anybody with sm- small kids whether you can even go to the restroom by yourself for five minutes without it turning into a drama session. <laughs> I get it. But with kids, remember, it's just a season of our lives. If we, we live to be, and this is something I have to remind myself of regularly, if we live to be knock on wood, the average lifespan of an American is like 60 to well, late 50s to early 70s, depending on our demographics. Our kids are 18 to 25 when they're adults. They're probably self-sufficient almost by 16. In most cases, anyway, they don't require utter complete and utter dependency. The, the segment of our lives that involves that Full dependency is a very small season of our life. It is not going to last forever. I find myself perpetually frustrated by the dependence of my kids, and that's that's not good. Because first of all, they're still young, and so their dependency is 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 a good thing. You know, it means they know they can come to me for stuff. But I and obviously I need to balance that out by having them take some responsibility for the little things in their life. But that, that season's going to pass and there's going to be a time in which I, I really wish they needed me still. <laughs> but I guess I'm emphasizing the importance of if you have small kids and you feel really, really drained right now, that's normal. And it's normal not to have a lot of time. But it's important to remember that that is a season of your life, not the entirety of it. There will come a time in which you will have probably so much time that you don't even know what to do with it because you spent, you revolved your entire life around other humans. But in the meantime, all we can do is carve out what little time we can. And if you're not in this stage of life and you don't have a kids and a family and all that to take care of, you may be struggling with the opposite problem. You may have so much time to yourself that it's driving you insane. And the being alone thing is actually more of a struggle than it is a strength. And you are full. You're like, all right, I'm good. I want to pour into other people. 
uh, honestly, the, the best way I can think if you if you're that person is to find a job that you love that, that has your love language, especially if it's like acts of service or or maybe join a church or join a group. Something that lines up with your way of pouring into people. Because that will give you, that will create opportunities for you to pour into other people. And there's a, a tremendous amount of self-esteem that comes from that, from pouring into others. So we are going to see if there's anything going on in the live chat. I am monitoring the chat on Facebook and YouTube. The show is incredibly early, 6 a.m. It's March 1st right now. And we are really early in the podcast. It's my understanding from the research I've done that a podcast can take up to 18 months to fully establish, and we are on day 22. So there's probably not going to be a whole lot of discussion early in the podcast. I'll just take whatever we have, and then we will close from that point. So if you're participating right now, feel free to participate in the chat. You can also send me direct messages, and we can maybe bring them up. This show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. Looks like Jennifer is the only one who joined us this morning. Well, I know a bunch of people joined, but the only comment that came through. She said, so true, love yourself first. Such a loaded word, because love means so many things to so many people. If you haven't read the book, I don't mean you, Jennifer, in particular, but the people listening to this podcast, there's a couple books that I recommend on the topic of love. One of them is called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. I mentioned it a few times in the show. The other book is The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis, in which it describes four different types of love. Everything ranging from friendship love to erotic love to... um emotional love to God or parent type love. It, it's a great book. Kind of t- The reason I like Lewis in particular is he does talk about how we've kind of watered down the word, but there were actually four different types of love in the original Greek language. And that was actually in the, the Bible. It, it's not purely a biblical book though, but it, do, it does have a lot of value. I think even if you're not religious, Keep Your Love On is a great book about setting healthy boundaries and learning to love people well. And then another one I highly recommend is The Love Languages. What is this? Love Languages. This one's fantastic. This actually arguably made the five love languages. How to express heartfelt commitment to your mate. Now, they make the love languages in a lot of different versions not just for marriage but they or partnerships. They also make it for children. Um, I think they make one for work. There's like a bunch of different variations of this book. Yeah, right here. Uh, let's see here. Love languages for men. Love languages for teenagers. Love languages for children. Love languages for singles. So if you're not in a marriage. So... That book is absolutely incredible uh, by Gary Chapman, but it talks about how you can have a love language that doesn't line up with other with your partner or friend or or kids, and then you can think you're loving them well, 
but they, they don't perceive what you're doing as love. So it's kind of like just a miscommunication. And so understanding the love language of the people you interact with, with dang, this book has five out of five stars, 61,000 reviews. <laughs> so understanding the love language of the people you interact with is incredibly beneficial and valuable because it, it's incredibly frustrating to try to love somebody well and just having them just not get it. You know, it doesn't feel like you're getting through to them. And a lot of the times that's because we tend to love other people's with people with our own love language and not theirs. So if our love language is like giving gifts and we like to receive gifts and that makes us feel loved. But then the person we're interacting with has a love language of words of affirmation, which is like praise and compliments. Then us giving them gifts all the time to them, it might not mean much. But you just saying, hey, you look good today. Or, hey, you did a great job. Or, hey, nice work. Just single, like that to them would stoke their love language for weeks compared to mountains of gifts. I hope I'm communicating that effect effectively. The five love languages. And there is an audiobook version. So if you do sign up for Audible, you can pick up the audiobook too. So check that out if you get a chance. So thank you for joining me today. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I am your host, Craig Chamberlain. If you haven't subscribed yet, like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network. We are on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. It helps the show grow. You can also subscribe on the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And until next time, be alone. Travel alone. Watch a movie alone. Take yourself on dates alone. Sleep alone. Take time to understand and love who you really are. So, I'll see you all tomorrow morning. And until then, let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. Have a wonderful day.